Accredited Master Performance Coach, International Speaker, Podcast Host and Author. Known as the Can Do Coach, I thrive on enabling leaders to step up, shake it off and shine. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode of The Can-Do Way, I'm talking to Helen Webb, entrepreneur, mentor and volunteer. Helen is a marketing expert and leader and a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing. After 25 years in consumer, non-profit and B2B organizations, she now runs her own marketing consultancy. She specializes in helping organizations grow by understanding their customers and stakeholders, enabling actionable strategic marketing plans. She makes marketing simple, targeted and cost-effective. And knowing Helen, not one to sit still, she likes a challenge and she volunteers a lot. She has been chair of the local business club, mentored air cadets to Everest Base Camp, run the Chicago Marathon for charity and is now a trustee of flying scholarships for disabled people. So welcome to the show today, Helen. Thank you. If we can take a short walk first through your life and if you can give the listeners just a glimpse of your background and what drives your passion for the work that you do today? Well, I was quite lucky when I was at school and the school that I went to was quite alternative, so gave lots of opportunity to try different things. And at one point, I managed to have a work experience placement at a thing called a marketing and advertising agency. I'd never heard anything about it. I wanted to be either a journalist or a lawyer. They were pretty straight, normal trades back then. But I went to this marketing agency and I just loved the whole creativity in marketing and PR and advertising, but also that it was based on data and facts. So it satisfied both the scientific side of my brain and the creative side of my brain. And from then on, from 15, I looked at how I could get a career in marketing, which ended up with a degree in business and marketing working through the Chartered Institute of Marketing up to fellow and working my way up through marketing assistant jobs to my last role, which was sales and marketing director. Wow. And now you have started your own business and you're running your own consultancy. So how would you say that's working out for you now after stepping away from 25 years of working for other people? To be honest, it was absolutely the right time. And you know, you know when the right time is. So after 25 years, I don't think I could have learned any more than I know now in the organisations that I was working with. And I wanted to expand my horizons and actually help people that were always asking me for my advice on marketing, to mentor them. I thought, actually, I could do this properly as a business. So that's where it started. And it actually, I mean, I'm very much a people person, a people pleaser. And that's a bit difficult when you have to actually start charging people, (laughs) I found. (laughs) That's the bit that I struggle with because I actually just want to help people grow their businesses. And to me, it's obvious what they should do. But obviously, I've got a marketing background. I can just see the bits that need improvement, where they could focus more. 
Yes, absolutely the right time. And I'm, although there's a huge amount to do when you run your own business, all those things that you had an IT department for, a finance department for, an HR department for, now I'm learning how to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, time, hopefully I'll be able to employ people. But at the moment, every day is a school day learning how to run your own business. Indeed, indeed. And so on the back of that, change is a big part of what you've gone through. So 25 years of working for others, now you're embracing this idea of this is my consultancy, this is my time to be delivering my own work. So what would you say was the first thing you noticed um, as you went through the change of stepping away, as you said, from that team you had previously? And what are some of the challenges that you feel you might have faced already and that you're starting to thrive on as a result? Definitely to start with, I just needed time to decompress. So I had quite a few weeks where I just sat and thought, I walked, I thought, I read stuff that I hadn't had chance to read before. And it was kind of a whole, it was actually a few months of proper sort of personal development, not having to be on that treadmill anymore. And then when I decided that I was going to run my own business, there was that immediate sort of fear of, is it going to work out? Is anyone going to want me to work for them? And I'm sure all startups and entrepreneurs go through the same process. But I quickly established myself in a few networking groups and people actually did like what I had to say and I knew what I was talking about. So that confidence that I had before working for other organisations, although when I was behind the mask of head of marketing at such and such or sales and marketing director, I found I obviously was I was slightly hiding behind those titles and those companies. And the first speaking event and conference that I spoke at, which was only a month or so ago, as myself... Mm. I did have a slight wobble of, of, oh, it's just me now. I'm not hiding behind that mask. I felt very vulnerable. um, But as soon as I got into my stride, I wore a nice dress. I wore bright pink shoes. I was in my power pose. I was like, yes, I've got this. I can do this. And everyone assumes I'm super uber confident. And that's not necessarily the case. When you step out as yourself, it is quite nerve wracking. But as soon as I started talking, I know my stuff inside out had some great questions. I was totally comfortable being myself. And actually now I'm more comfortable being myself. I don't want to go back to corporate life and hiding behind being a person in an organisation. I'm very comfortable being myself now. But that was a noticeable transition from being someone in an organisation to being me in my own business. I think that's a really important point for listeners to take away. You know, you, you, you're becoming that authentic self, which is such a key to when you run your own business, when you're leading yourself, and also when you're leading others in an organization. If you said those words, when you put on that makeup, you put on that dress and you stepped up and you said, I've got this. It makes you feel you're being so true to yourself, aren't you? But what I wanted to just comment on for the listeners as well was that that period of sabbatical that you gave yourself. And I know we saw each other in that time as well, Helen, while you were exploring what came next for you after your corporate years. And that time that you gifted yourself, that's a real can-do mindset as well to think, you know, I want to do something, but I want it to work to the best advantage, A, for me, but also B, for the customers I want to be delivering to. But rather than rush straight into something, as as I have worked with many business owners who've done that in the past, 
you gifted yourself that really important time to just go, this is what I really want to do. This is what it really can look like. And now you're delivering that and you're getting some fantastic gigs. If anyone who's listening today, do follow Helen on uh, her LinkedIn profile because she's uh, got some exciting events and uh, things up her sleeve in the coming months. So I just wanted to share that on your behalf with the listeners as well. So talking about risks, and you've said, you know, stepping away from corporate and working for yourself is a risk in itself. But I like to just focus on some of those challenges that you do in your life and the volunteering work. How would you say that perhaps some of those have been a risk, such as mentoring the air cadets to the Everest base camp or going in that Chicago marathon? Tell us a bit more about the risks and what you've learned as a result. So I think it was instilled very early on by my parents that you actually have to get out there in the world. So it all started when I was 13. My parents sent me to India to do some volunteering as part of a school trip. Um, I was actually the youngest at 13. I hadn't had a passport. I'd never been on a plane. I've never, I'd never been outside the UK. And I had to fundraise as well to pay for the flight and afford to go to India. But we spent four weeks there. We did a bit of touring around, but the main time was spent at an ashram, which is an orphanage for girls up in the foothills of the Himalayas. And we built a water pipeline. We helped collect wood. And we really sort of like lived within the community, sat on the floor, on the mud floor to eat chapati and rice. And I think that experience and definitely seeing the Himalayas at dawn really One just massively encouraged me to travel and get out there and experience things. But you can't be wrapped up in cotton wool all the time. There are risks in everything that you do. And unless you get out there, I have some amazing experiences, but it's because I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And three, that was really my first experience of volunteering and how it felt to actually do something for someone else as a volunteer, not get paid. And I think those kind of three things have absolutely shaped the whole of my life. I can pinpoint it back to that Easter holiday adventure to India when I was 13 that has totally shaped who I am today. Fantastic, fantastic. And such a young age to be given that guidance from your parents, you know, to to encourage you to do that. So when they first touted the idea with you, Helen, was there any reluctance in you or you just grabbed it with both hands? Well, I think it might have been the other way around, that it was this opportunity <laughs> at school. And I came home with a letter saying, Ooh, could we could I do this, please? And the first thing was, well, we can't we can't really afford it. So then we had to work out a plan to actually raise the money. So I spent a sort of a year fundraising. So it's very much from an early age. I've been taught that if you want something, you do actually have to work for it. But you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you work hard. Indeed, indeed. And great work by your parents, you know, and I think a lot of my guests have also had that. They've had parents who've said, you know, you can't just sit there and wait for things to come to you. Opportunities don't just appear. You've got to go out there and pursue them. And then as you've used the words beautifully, those experiences have really shaped who you have become and shaped the mindset that you lead with today. So, you know, facing that adversity and and let's just hear a little bit about the, say, the Chicago Marathon and you were at those you're probably at the midpoint heading towards the end. And, you know, what was what was going through your mind to keep you going against that obstacle of will I make it to the finishing line? It's 26 miles. It's a, a long race. <laughs> Tell us a bit about that. 
26.2 and it's oh, always the two that gets you. <laughs> so actually I, I ran it with my sister and we decided we both were at points in our lives that we really needed to do something. And so we decided to run a marathon and my sister had relatives through her husband who lived in Chicago. And so immediately contacted them and said, we're going to do the Chicago marathon. And then it was out there then. I then found a charity that would be happy for us to run for them. And that was WizKids um, that provide specialist wheelchairs for children so they can really be in mainstream education because they've got a, a whizzy, <laughs> a whizzy wheelchair. So we set about again doing our marketing, our fundraising plan and training. I must admit, I'm not a natural runner. I had not really run any races before that. But again, that was mindset and my sister even more. And she had less time to train because she had three young children. I think she had three children under four at the point at this point in time. But it was about doing something for ourselves and achieving something. So it was pure, pure mindset that got, got us round. It wasn't a fast time, but and she was behind me quite a lot of the time, but I wouldn't leave her. And I made sure that I waited and we ran over the line holding hands Fantastic. and we achieved it. But it was, it was definitely, it was really hard, but it's that we're going to do this. We're in Chicago. We said we were going to run this. We said that we were going to run this for charity and lots of people have sponsored us. We're not going to let them down. And we're going to do it. And yes, we couldn't really walk the next day or the day after, but we achieved it. And it is so much about not giving up. Yeah. And you had that real drive and purpose because, yes, you were doing it for yourself, but you were doing it for other people so that they could have better lives as well. So a, a wonderful, a wonderful story of that can do drive in you. So tell the listeners then, Helen, when you're not going forward for a challenge or volunteering or doing your marketing, what do you do to step away from work and to quieten your mind down so that you can really look after your well-being and be at your personal best? Yeah, so I think this has always been the case that I like getting outside and walking and particularly walking up hills. I think when you get to the top of a big hill, the nearest to me in the UK are the Brecon Beacons. That's one of my favourite places. The Again, it's the sense of achievement when you get to the top. But again, that release of you're at the top, you've achieved something and around you, there are amazing views. So for me, really, it is getting outside. And even if I'm sat at my computer working all day, I still have to get out and go for a, go for a walk. That's the thing that really clears my mind, fresh air, even when it's cold and dark in the UK, it's still something that I really need to do. And I know that I need to do it. And I, I can get to the point that I can feel right this weekend, I need to go and climb a hill. <laughs> but I know myself well enough to know this is why I'm, I'm feeling that stir crazy from being stuck inside. So I have to get out. But also I do a massive, I do not take myself seriously. I like to have fun. I like to have a joke, whether it's family or friends. I just, or I find things that just make me laugh. I like laughing. I think it's a massive underage thing. And if you're not having fun and you're not working hard to have fun, why are you working hard? And I'm very much a believer in that balance. There's no point in pushing yourself so hard that you're miserable. So I always have a plan of what's my next adventure experience? Where am I going to go? Because just that change of scenery and people say, oh, you go, you go away a lot. You have, you're very lucky. I'm like, luck has nothing to do with, <laughs> with this. I plan it and I work it to make sure that my life is 
full, interesting, exciting, stimulating, and offers me those opportunities. Mm. I wouldn't work so hard if I didn't get the reward. So yeah, so it's very much a um, I work hard to, to en- enable me to go and climb big hills. And have some fun while you're doing it. And that's beautiful. That's really, really wonderful. So if you could share with the listeners your three can-do tips for inspiration, please. So my first can-do tip is really stay curious. Keep learning. Keep experiencing things. Say yes to new experiences that are outside your comfort zone, but just keep an open mind try lots of new things. And even if it's just learning, learning new things, which I'm doing at the moment, um, just have to keep your mind active and curious. My second tip, don't be afraid to ask for help and advice. This is something that I've hugely learned over the last few months setting up my own business is that you can't know everything. And lots of people have been through this before. They want to share their experiences. They've been through the, which is the best business bank, which is the best finance package to use. There are so many people that want to share and help you because they've been through the pain. There's no point you going through it as well. So ask for help, support from other people in your business networks, but also from family and friends. They're there. If you haven't got time to cook a meal, my mum's very willing to send me home with food parcels of, I know you're busy at the moment, but I want you to eat properly. She still does that. And my partner as well, they want to make sure that I'm eating healthily, even though I'm busy. So ask for help, ask for advice, and also ask for opportunities. If you like going to speaking events, put yourself out there and say, I've got an idea for a speaking opportunity. So just ask and really people will then respond really well to that. And people like helping people. It gives them a sense of, oh, well, I helped this person when they started their business. And my final tip, it really is find your purpose, find your thing. What's the thing that really inspires and is your passion? And it can be a work thing or it can be a personal thing. But I think very much the the way to to feel fulfillment is to find your purpose and find your thing. And you have to try lots of things. I was lucky at 15, I found marketing, but you have to try lots of things, whether it's for your business or for your personal life, because if you're not enthusiastic about your business or about your life, how can you expect other people, particularly if you've got customers and clients, how can you expect them to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself and have your own can-do attitude? If you can do it for yourself, you can do it for them. And people really respond to that energy. And three fabulous tips to to share as well. And and really, I see that thread of your marketing coming through, even in your tips, because the first thing is to find your purpose, isn't it? And then it's you being that marketeer and helping people as well is, is helping businesses to stay active and curious, but also to gain your help and support to be able to share their message out as well. So that's a lovely alignment with the work that, that you do that, the person that you are as well, Helen. So my final question is, why do you feel a can-do attitude is absolutely essential in life? I think if you don't have a can-do attitude, and life must be really boring because you're not out there experiencing. Life is for living. And unless you do put yourself out there and have a can-do attitude, you're not really living, you're just existing. So for me, it's about living life to the full. We don't know what might happen tomorrow you might suddenly find that you're incapacitated and this is what I find and why as a volunteer for flying scholarships for disabled people and a trustee I find it so awe-inspiring that people who have 
either been disabled from birth or they've had a bike accident and broken their back. They've found a way to still have a great life. And one of those ways is flying. There are lots of other ways and they some of them become Paralympians. But actually, when you're faced with adversity, it's the time that you can really then shape and change yourself. But we're not at the moment. I'm not faced with adversity, but you never know when you might be. So if you don't live your life, you don't want to look back and say, oh, I really regret sitting at my computer for 10 hours a day. You don't. You'll say, I really regret not going to Everest Base Camp and all of those things that you want to do. And there will be a point in your life you can't do them anymore. So you do just have to live your life to the full. And that's why having that can-do attitude is important. Because if you don't, then you will at some point look back on your life and say, hmm, I should have done all of those things I wanted to do, but you haven't. So that would be my attitude. (laughs) Fantastic. And a beautiful one as well. And so full of energy, Helen. And you know, I think you deserve, with all of the adventures you had and the discovery adventure-based person that you are, is you need a definite can-do passport to just clock up all of those miles and all of those adventures and all of the learning from it um, that you are gifting yourself, but also gifting your clients and your friends and family around you. So I just want to say thank you so much for being my guest today on The Can-Do Way. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Can-Do Way. Do you live and breathe the can-do attitude? Since 2019, my podcast has gifted listeners across the globe access to an incredible selection of guests with stories to refresh your perspective, bring you joy and inspire can-do positivity. Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be a guest on my weekly show. If you have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience or an intriguing story to share, then drop me an email at gailmgibson.com. Until next week's show, do share the inspiration of the Can Do Way podcast with your friends, colleagues and clients and wherever you are listening from in the world. Remember to make every day an amazing can-do day.